and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson. And again, sitting next to me, way too close enough for uh, social uh, distancing, according to the CDC, is our friend Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Hey, Kevin. It's good to be back. I um, always enjoy being here. That's one of my highlights of my existence. Wow. You don't have much of a life, do you? <laughs> well, you know, life is life. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back, and uh, I've got the hand spray, the hand sanitizer right here, the Clorox, ready to go in case that coronavirus pops back up. We should do an episode just about that, about the coronavirus, but we'll, we'll do that later. I would think that. <laughs> um, we'll let the professionals handle that. That would be but probably the smart thing to do, yes. <laughs> that's why no one on social media is doing it. Um, all right, so we're, we're in the midst of a series here. We started last week about the book Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. Yeah, you got it right that time. I did. Unqu- I'm looking You're at looking the book. You're looking right at the book. I that, have to look at yeah. the book to get that. that helps. Otherwise, it's going to be unanswered questions. So Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. We kind of just looked at the beginning of it last week, kind of worked our way through the introduction, and we said this is a book that's about um, Christian cliches, and um, they're really simplistic, inadequate uh, place in the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And so today we're going to look at chapter one. And chapter one, I, I remember hearing this as a kid. The old phrase, um, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and uh, as Jeff says, this is a... Usually said with Bible held high, probably King James, black leather bound edition, uh, red letter. Held high means uh, sucking around, shaking right. around by the pastor, and uh, you know, just um, okay. Well, let me let me pause here for a second. I got to ask preacher to preacher, Greg, you right. and me. Um, I have to admit, the the Bible I use when I take to the pulpit has to have a certain feel to it. And it has to be a little something where I could, I could wave around and it just has that right feel in the hand as you've got it by the corner and waving it up across your, your, your head. You ever, you ever have, no, 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 that's just a me thing. I mean, I, I, well, I, I suspect it's not just a you thing. You've seen it happen before, probably, but what I, what, what, what I do is I just, uh, whatever text I'm using, I just oh, you type, type it up I've right in that. my manuscript. So I, yeah, <laughs> since you don't, you don't use the whole Bible anyway, being an Arminian, you don't really need it. Um, <laughs> but someone like me who appreciates all of God's Word. No. Well, you know, you got it backwards, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> all right, I guess I'm just weird that way. But anyway, all right, so um, we are talking about... Probably not just that way, but hey. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right, so anyway. You can um, tell it's been a while since we've been together. It has been a while, and so uh, we're a little punchy today. So God said it, I believe it, and that settles it, but he adds a phrase for me. Right. And I think the reason most of these um, unquestioned answers, part of the problem with them is it always comes back to me. Yeah. How, how... How do I handle this in order to maintain my place in the tribe, in order to maintain my own 
sense of uh, safety yeah of sticking my head like an ostrich in the sand yeah because you know I don't I don't want my life to be unsettled I don't want to have to question everything I yeah. want it you, know, you want it simple want it simple and that's exactly the the wrong thing I mean the, yes the Christian life what Jesus said is simple either you follow me or you don't yeah doesn't mean it's an easy life. No. Yeah, I, I think, I remember when I was a kid, we had a preacher come in, and he changed this phrase around. Oh, yeah? He said, God said it. doesn't matter if I believe it. Ah. God settles it. And I thought, ooh, <laughs> that's deep. Ooh, that is deep. But it's still the same thing. It's yeah. still that you can't question what I'm saying. Right. And, uh, you know, again, growing up the fundamental pulpits I did, um, you hear you hear it thundered from the podium, thundered from the pulpit. This is God's truth, Amen. There's no questioning it. Or this is tough preaching. You don't like it? I'll leave. You know, this is this is tough preaching. You can't handle it. Just just you know, you can go. Or well, and you know, I mean, when when a, a, a preacher starts asking you to say Amen, yeah, that you know, I mean, that's just asking you not to use your brain. Yeah. It's just asking you for agreement with what he or she is saying, and it may be completely different than what God said. He or she, you're one of those liberals. I, I uh, you know. But that was, you can go back to our egalitarian uh, <laughs> talk about that. But uh, <laughs> Pastor, Pastor uh, Bixby, Bob Bixby, used to say that um, he wouldn't ask for an amen, but he'd say amen or oh me. <laughs> um, hmm. One of those. I, I thought that was kind of cute. But anyway. Uh, but we do have this idea that this is what it is and what that presupposes is there's an arrogance there that says I am absolutely right my interpretation of this passage absolutely has to be right and you can't question it right and you know uh, the problem with that I mean there's several problems but for those of us who have grown up in whatever striped church we've grown up in have been given the the teachings, the interpretations of fallible human beings, and so that's the lens that we take to right. the Word of God, and, and not less, realizing it's even a lens. Right. Oh yeah, because yeah, we're ignorant about it. Yeah. And choose to stay that way because it's just easier. Yeah. And you know, I don't remember ever Jesus promising that life following him was an right. easy one. I had a student just the other day, we were talking about the rapture. Or he was talking about the rapture. He said, you know, in Revelation, we are talking about the rapture. I said, where in Revelation is talking about the rapture? Yeah, where, where is he getting that? Where, what chapter and verse are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, um, I, I don't know, my pastor preached on it. Like, okay. Um, and I, I think for a lot of kids, they don't realize there are other viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And there are other things, and there's, um, you know, he starts getting into <laughs> questioning a Sunday school teacher about what? What about the church across the street? Why do they preach differently than we do? Right. Or, or what about the Old Testament? Yeah. Why, mm-hmm. why do we treat the Old Testament different than the New Testament? What? That gets a little more difficult. Other than, you know, you, you talk to some people today, and well, why do you believe in, let's just say, baptizing infants? Because the Bible says so. Or why don't you think? Why do you think drinking is a sin? Well, because the Bible says so. 
But asking the next question, where, or how do you handle this objection to that? And it's yeah. silence. There's crickets. You know, and that's, it's almost like an Amway presentation <laughs> for a lot of people. I mean, you have your, your script and you follow the script. And if anybody questions you about the script, then you're in trouble. Yep. You're, you're, you know, I mean, dare I go there? It's exactly how the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons yeah. do it. Yeah. It's exactly how. Because if you go away from their teaching, then they will excommunicate. Yeah. But here, there's there's to be freedom. You know, and, I mean, God has given each one of us a brain and the opportunity. We've all... We, Part of it is we've all had different opportunities to, to learn and you know to study for self and to start thinking for yourself. One of the greatest things that I learned in my seminary studies was, you know what? Think for yourself. Yeah. And you know, and, and question. Question the unquestioned answers. Right. Question God. I mean Doubt is part and parcel of who we are as human beings. Right. Um, I should there be room for doubt? <laughs> That's throw that out there. Yeah. Well, when we certainly, you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks with Rich Knopp and his his uh, associate Zach. I forget yeah. his last name, but anyway, the room for doubt. The Bible is full of doubt. You know, Thomas, of course, that, that, he references Thomas in this first chapter. Yeah. Well, you don't want to be like Thomas, do you? Well, nothing wrong with being like Thomas. He got to the truth that way. Yeah. You know, up until he was able to actually see and understand, was he able to accept that Jesus had risen from the dead? Yeah. And so... Basically, what doubt does, what questioning, unquestioned answers does for us is it enhances and improves and increases our faith, not tear it apart. We might be dismantling somebody else's right. faith or somebody else's yep. platform, but nothing wrong with that if it gets us closer to what the Word of God wants right. us to be about. So... He jumps into the bigger question, the question that a lot of people are afraid to ask because they don't know the answer. And I, and I know a lot of Bible teachers who are afraid to get the question, how do we know the Bible is true? Not just how do we know there's a rapture or not, how do we know mm -hmm. whether we sh who should we be baptizing, but the fundamental question, how do we know the Bible is true? Well, I, I think that... Um... The way he handles it is it was pretty succinct. I mean, there there have been books written about right. that, but I I like how he puts it. Um, let me find it here. It's a problem with having notes if you don't remember where they are. Here it is, on page forty. Um, about three thousand times in the Bible, the various writers claim to have been guided by the Holy Spirit. The stunning result is a completely coherent book made up of 66 separate books written over the course of 1,500 years by 40 writers, from kings and philosophers to fishermen and tent makers. Yet all the pieces fit together. You could throw in a tax collector in yeah. that list. And, um, you know, just 
people who were just somewhere highly educated. Now, I'd, I'd say that Paul is pretty educated right. from reading this right. stuff. Uh, Daniel would have been, you know, Daniel and Isaiah were higher ups in uh, governmental positions. Uh, then you got the fishermen like Peter. I mean, uh, you know, people who did all kinds of things, but none were seminary trained. Uh, they were trained either primarily by Jesus or in other ways by those who followed Jesus to understand that life is more than um, cliches, right. that, that the Christian life is more about living it out, but based on what we have come to believe right. as opposed to what we've been taught. And I think that's the key element of this chapter is you can't just go with what you've been taught. Right. And he goes over also, when it comes to actual evidence for the Bible, he talks about internal and mm -hmm. external. And internally, he starts talking about things like inspiration. The Bible claims authority for itself. Um, and, and I think that's important because there are some out here say, well, you know, Jesus never thought he would be this great teacher or, or this that he was God or that he was God yeah he never well no scripture is replete with this was not just these authors were not just trying to write about their own experience mm -hmm. they were not just simply trying to give some good advice based on made-up stories but they claim this is what God told me well his statement that about 3,000 times yeah and I'm like that sort of, you know, sort of caught me off guard because I'd never heard that. And you also, I mean, being the kind of person I am, I'm like interested. In, I'm going to start reading and specifically looking for these yeah. times because that is a huge statement to make. Right. The, that the Bible claims to be the actual word of God. Hmm. That we get that word of God from the God who created all things, who's holy other, yet is so infinite and intimate that he wants us to know him right. through his word. And then he talks about the external evidences, basically outside sources mm -hmm. that back up what we know about Scripture. You know, things like the Dead Sea Scrolls or um, he lists a whole bunch of other things like, you know, the works of Josephus, mm -hmm. uh, the Talmud, the Tac uh, Tacitus, Pliny the, the Younger, uh, a Roman ruler. And all these other different archaeological digs, all these things that back up uh, what Scripture says. So it's not just a blind faith that we have in Scripture. There are reasons we believe um, that Scripture is, in fact, the Word of God, not just man's opinion about God or not mm -hmm. just man's recollection of what God might be, but actually the words of God himself spoken or uh, the Thanatos, the idea of God breathed. Mm -hmm. um, this is, these are the words of God. Yeah. It's, um, and the, the ultimate then of that, it is interesting in light of that, that John in his gospel begins with, in the beginning was the word. Yeah. The word was God, the word was with God. And a clear reference to Jesus. Right. And that, that, uh, is, you know, often as I read through Scripture and I come across the, the times that it talks about the Word of God, 
I think, you know, in some ways I can say, well, you know, Jesus. Because that's what the Word of God does. It's not just a bunch of rules and do's and don'ts. It's opening things up for us to have uh, an intimate relationship right. with the God who is holy, other. Yeah, and, and Jeff so, talked about the Bible not being a book uh, of, of rules, but a compass that leads us to Right, God. yeah, a compass, uh, and that's a good way of looking at it, because we get off course when, actually, when we start using these cliches. Right, right. Because it's, so, it's so easy to do, because the more you believe the cliches, the less you're going to take the time to actually read what the right. word is. Right, and these cliches, actually, they, they keep you from a deeper, mm -hmm. fuller, more satisfying relationship with God. They, they, they quench thought. They quench uh, study. And you're just left with this surface level thing. You know, as Jesus you know, talks about the house built on the rock and the house built on the sand. Well, no wonder. It, it seems simple and nice. But once the storm comes, mm -hmm. you're going to need something steady and firm to hold on to. Right. It's like in any relationship. I can, I can have a relationship with my wife, and it can be surface level. Or even a better example would be with my, my biological brothers. I have three yeah. brothers. And, you know, we're all Christians. We've all, uh, to one degree or another, have been a part of a church and have you know, been involved in, in uh, serving others in the name of Jesus. But what do we do when we get together? We play euchre, and it's a surface-level yeah. time. Hardly, yeah. hardly do we ever, the four of us together, get deeper than that. On the other hand, I have three brothers in Christ, you included, in a life group that we get into the deep, nitty-gritty stuff that is important in life. Right. I, I, and I, I think it's so much richer and ultimately leads us to the place God wants us to be instead yeah. of where we think God wants us right. to be. All right. Well, I think we, uh, we are where we are need to be for this podcast. <laughs> and uh, we're going to wrap it up here. And next week we'll get into chapter two, which is really a good chapter about the idea of faith. Mm -hmm. um, and we kind of talked about that in the last podcast a little bit, the difference between faith and ignorance. And, and should we just believe things on faith? And, is, is study and research actually um, the opposite of faith? And we're going to say no, of course. Of course. But I think there are people who believe that. Yeah. And so we're going to jump into that um, next time. And so we've been, again, we're going through the book, Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. And as uh, we've talked about external, internal evidence, things like that, I thought in our recommended books resource section, I thought I'd throw in two other books. Um, I really love the book, The Reason for God, Belief in, age, in an Age of Skepticism by Tim Keller. Um, I've read this through a couple times, and I, I, I highly recommend it. I have my students read this. And the book by our friend Ray, the guy you and I have palled around with. Um, <laughs> Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel, The Case for Christ. Uh, he's been on the podcast before, and a uh, good guy, and got a chance to uh, just meet him a little bit last year. So um, those books, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel and... Well, and then um, also The Case for Faith. And he has yeah. those on DVDs as well. Yes. And you can even see the movie. Yes, about his life. And the movie should lead you to want to re actually read the book. Right. So, exactly. Anyway. All right. Well, Ray, thanks for joining us. 
and thank all of you for joining us yet again. So come back next week and we're going to continue the series on that book, Unquestioned Answers. Hey, James you Myers. did that without I looking did. that time. Woo-hoo. So um, <laughs> in the meantime, check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can find links to all these resources. And then check us out on Twitter at Basic Bible Cast and on Instagram at the same Basic Bible Cast. So, and check out the Facebook page. Yes, our Facebook group. Uh, we want to get that going again. We want to get some conversation started there. Right. And anybody wants to ask anything about what I'm doing with Isaiah, go right ahead. Yes. I, I may not answer it <laughs> succinctly, but... Uh, I, you might uh, have unquestion- or unanswered questions, but not unquestioned answers. Right. Anyway, all right. Uh, all right. So until next week, have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.